I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is the next page. Marissa, the sun is out again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Woohoo. And it's crazy. You know, We're like, I feel like we are cruising through summer right now. We are. I mean, it's we're getting toward the end of July already. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, we've had, remember how dry it was in June? Yeah. I don't know if you had this at your house, but I, I forgot what day it was. One day last week, it rained really hard at night. Mm-hmm. We had four and a half inches of rain at my house. Wow. Because I have a rain gauge. Wow. Four and a half. Washed out my driveway. Um, we actually had water in our basement. <laughs> Oh, no. And then last night, not bad, not bad. Well, Tim wouldn't say not bad because he had- <laughs> Not good. <laughs> wa- he had some water in his room. But other than that, it wasn't bad. Um, and then last night, we had two more inches. Wow. So we've had six and a half inches in less than a week. Mm-hmm. But still, the sun's out again. It's beautiful. It's breezy. Yeah. It's summertime in Central New York, and there is nothing like that. No, there isn't. So, question for you. When you saw my post, what went through your mind? When I saw your post, I, I wasn't surprised. Be- okay. Um, you know, with the title, The Power of Connection, I gave me a little bit of a preview. And thinking about you and, and your, you know, what I know about you, this, this lines up. I'm not surprised that you connected with your oral surgeon while you were having excruciating pain and having a tooth extracted. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. And I, cause when last week when we recorded, um, I had no idea what I was going to write about and nothing came up. I mean, like I, cause I think about it a lot Mm -hmm. and there was nothing. And so what I do when, when I don't have anything that comes to mind, I start, listening to more podcasts, I'll listen to or read more books. I'll, I'll try to get, I try to get around thought leaders that will inspire me and none did. Hmm. And then last Saturday I started having a problem. Well, I've had a problem with my, with a tooth for at least three years. Uh, kept putting it off. Um, had a wisdom tooth taken out, which now I'm really questioning. Did that even have to be cut out? But anyway, that's another story. But it really got worse on Saturday night, and Sunday really bothered me. And then Monday morning, I and I had been talking with my dentist about it over the last couple of weeks. And Monday, I and he says, if it gets worse, call me. Well, it got really worse. And I said to him Monday, I need to see you. And they basically said, no, you need a root canal. So I go to, so they set up an appointment for me the next day. And I literally had a night where I could not sleep. I The pain was so bad that, that not even you know, the prescription painkillers were going to touch it. Um, so I, I, you know, I finally got myself to the, to the, the, the dentist that's going to do the root canal and they noticed that the tooth is cracked. And he says, I can't do a root canal, so you need to have it extracted. I'm like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. But it was so, what was amazing was this. Imagine having, realizing you have a problem and from one day to the next, they're getting you into another dentist. That to me is amazing. So on Tuesday, um, the, the, the dentist that was going to do the root canal literally made an appointment for me for an oral surgeon. So it's like noon when they're making this appointment. They had an appointment the next morning at 730 for me, which wow. was amazing that they mm-hmm. could do it so quick. So I, you know, I'm a wimp. I, I mean, <laughs> I do not like pain, period. I, 
I just, I, I don't like pain. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm a wimp. I'm, I'm, I don't like dentists. Uh, it's nothing against dentists. Dentists are wonderful people, but it's like modern torture in some cases, you know, and, <laughs> I mean, just the sound of the drills, you know, that high pitched, yeah, yeah. you know, but anyways, so I'm, so they call me in and they're going to do this with, with a local anesthetic. I'm thinking, okay, it's just pulling a tooth out. Well, then I'm sitting in the chair and they kind of numb me up. And, and what's really nice these days, they never used to do this. Like they can numb up the surface with, you know, with like a Q-tip and then they kind of get the it's really worries me when they come toward you with a metal looking syringe, you know, mm. it's like, this is like super duty stuff here. <laughs> so, so, and you can almost feel the needle working its way around in your jaw. So he, and he, not, and then he says to me, he says, uh, so I'm going to give this about five minutes and I'll come back in once your jaw is numb and we'll just, we'll pop this tooth out. I said, okay, thanks doc. He walks out and now I'm thinking, this is going to hurt. So, okay, don't be a wimp. Don't be a wuss. You're a grown man. You're a grandfather. You should, you know, you're supposed to be able to deal with these things. You've been through a lot in your life. And so I start thinking <laughs> about things. And, and then I all of a sudden realized, I remembered that I had bumped into a man on one, at one of our boat shows, same last name, just referenced himself as Dr. Fallon. I wonder if this guy's the guy that has the wooden boat. So he comes back in. So in a way of just trying to distract my thoughts, I said to him, I said, do you by any chance live on this and this lake and have a wooden boat? And he just chuckled. He goes, no, I don't. But he says, my brother does. And so we just, a little bit of small talk, just a little bit of small talk. And then the procedure began. It was horrible. Yeah. And you know what? It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible for him too, and I could tell. And and I have to say that this doctor did an amazing job. Like I, I mean, over the top. If you're gonna, if you're looking for an oral surgeon, you need to go to Doctor Fallon's office, and hopefully one of them, one of the brothers, will 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 take care of you. Um. And, and, and what, was, what was amazing was this. I, I think that the project got a little bit more involved than maybe he had even anticipated. Um, I, I don't remember feeling pain like that. And, and I've done some crazy things to my body in terms of injuries, but this, this was really big. But what he did is in the middle of, of him, you know, twisting and pulling and probbing and, and, and chipping and drilling and pulling, and um, when he realized that this pain was getting so bad, he said he just started talking about boats. And he started talking about wooden boats. And he says, you know, I, we didn't have wooden boats growing up, but I, but I remember we had some, and he named off the brand of boat and it, it was an inboard and very similar though to a wooden boat. And, and I knew what he was doing. He was just trying to get my mind off this excruciating pain that I was feeling in my jaw. And so when, when he finished um, and I went off into the recovery area, and they were so kind. It was it was interesting. They even said, "Are you able to walk to where the recovery is?" And I said, "Well, yeah, sure." I mean, I wasn't knocked out. It was just it hurt, and it hurt bad. Um, but they were just so caring and compassionate about that. And so as I'm sitting there waiting, you know, I think they were just trying to wait. Is this guy going to pass out once he gets <laughs> up? That's probably what it was. You know, would you like some? Here's some Gatorade. Try to, you know, um, 
the doctor came back and he goes, hey, somebody, there's somebody that'd like to meet you. And it was his brother that owned the boat that I had remembered. And it was so great to spend just a very short period of time with the brother. I mean, here are these doctors. They make their money by how many patients they can see. And I know that. And that's, you know, it costs a lot to run an office like that. But they took the time to speak with me. And I learned some really neat facts about, about the boat that his brother owned. And it was just, and I, I was so excited when I got, I got in the car. My wife's texting me, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, and when I got in the car, I said, you know, can you call me? Because I, well, I texted her when I was in recovery. And I said, listen, um, I'm just in recovery. Uh, the doc, doctor's going to be talking to me in a minute. They're going to give me my, you know, the, the precautions to take when I get home. Like never suck on a straw when you have a tooth extracted. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Um, I learned, I didn't learn a lesson, but my son did on that one. But, but anyways, um, all I did was I talked about the experience of the doctor trying to make a connection while I'm in pain and the fact that he went to get his brother. And so then I got home and my son, Tim was home and he, it's funny in retrospect, he actually said to me, he goes, when you came home, you looked like you had been in a fight. Like your head was down, your shoulders were down, your your face was kind of swollen, you know. But all I had to say was, hey, Tim, do you, I got to tell you a story. Remember this doctor that had this boat, you know. So later in the afternoon, my wife comes home from work and I start telling her the story. And she just laughs. She laughs because like when, when I had my wisdom tooth extracted and they put me under, I told her the same story multiple times. So it was kind of humorous that I'm telling the same story multiple times and I wasn't put under it's just i guess i'm just getting old or it was that moving of an experience and so as i got back into my office that afternoon and trying knowing that i had to write something for you this story came to mind and i asked myself what would my morning have been like had i not spoken to a stranger about a potential connecting point it would have been a very, very difficult day and a very different day. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have these positive feelings and emotions. It would have just all been... A... Now, maybe maybe the good doctor would have found something anyways. I mean, clearly he's a gifted oral surgeon and, 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 and... But I don't know that. But I do know what he did after what I did. And I just started to think the world would be so much better if we would just start talking to strangers. Because as soon as we start talking to them, they're not strangers. And you can't have ill feelings toward a person that you're trying to connect with. It just wouldn't work. You can't have those two, you can't have those two emotions at the same time. So you're a person that loves to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Why do you do it? Uh, it brings me joy. I really like to talk to people and to learn from them and to engage with other people. Um, that's probably not a very good reason or description of the reason, but I don't, I, I just really like it. I like to talk to people. And because, and you said it brings you joy, Mm -hmm. you know, so we were, we were, we were created to be people that lived in community because we need We used to need each other. Mm-hmm. I love hearing the stories of my, you know, my dad grew up on a dairy farm and, and what's great is I got to hear the stories growing up and now I get to hear them as my 
grandkids, as my kids ask my dad, so his grandchildren ask him, you know, and I don't know if the, if my parents will be, you know, how many more years they'll be around, but it would be great if my grandkids get to ask him some of those stories. Mm-hmm. But some of the stories that I love to hear were, and the Amish still do this, but if somebody's barn burned, they had a barn raising. And yes, the owner of the barn would supply the materials, but you wouldn't pay for the labor. And I'll bet you if somebody's barn burned and they didn't have the money for the materials, the materials would have just shown up from his neighbors. Mm-hmm. My dad also said, you know, I grew up in a time when everybody harvested a field with a combine. He goes, oh, well, let me tell you, before the combine, they used a threshing machine. I'm like, a what? And, and you know, he would tell me what a threshing machine did. But, but not every farmer had one. In fact, it was rare if you had one. So the farmer that had it, along with all the neighbors, would just have a schedule up and they would go from farm to farm when it was harvest time and help each other harvest their crops. And my dad said it was like a celebration day. All the wives came and the kids came and there was a potluck supper kind of thing. He goes, we, I loved, I couldn't wait for the threshing day on our farm because people needed each other and they cared for each other and they helped, they watched out for each other. You know, and one of the questions that I kind of put here on a piece of paper for myself was, do we even know who our neighbor is? Which is kind of frightening if you think about it. Mm-hmm. How can my neighbor look out for me if I don't know who they are? How can I look out? Now, thankfully, um, we do know who our neighbors are. And our, and our neighbor just, I think he just sold his house because the for sale sign's down. So I'm going to get a chance to practice what I preach here coming up in the next few months of really getting to know my new neighbor. Um, so why do you think we're so wary of strangers? Hmm. Well, I think, I mean, to some degree, right? We have to teach our kids not to go off with strangers and stranger and danger. Stranger right? danger is very important. Um, you know, we're not encouraging like dangerous right. behavior here, but I think, like you, there there are like two types of people in an airport or two types of people on an airplane. And well, now there's probably only one type of person. Because <laughs> yeah, all the other seats are empty. <laughs> but, um, you know, like the people who like to talk and the people who don't like to talk. Um, right. Sometimes, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know if it's just like a, a lack of caring or being preoccupied with something else. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's really like a reason why people don't connect, but rather more it's that it's like an absence of connecting, but not intentionally. Sure. Um, okay. But sometimes yeah. those people open up when other people are, are trying to connect with them. Yes. Um, and I already told you, like my mom is one of those people that. People just, she must have some kind of sign on her that says like free advice or please talk to me because I don't know. People just like to, like to talk to her. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I might've shared on, on here before that, um, one of my quote quarantine goals, um, I mean, I know things are starting to reopen now, but we're still very much locked down here, um, was to meet, and talk to at least one person from each house on my street. Yep. 
That's awesome. So let me think. There are two, four, six, eight houses on my street, I think. And I'm almost there. I am. Good for you. I am. I have two houses left. I've waved to the people, to the two people yep. I haven't yet t- spoken to. And one of the houses recently got a puppy. So I have a good opportunity if I see them oh, outside yes. with their puppy. <laughs> but yep. it's, it's, um, I think some of the neighbors were kind of reluctant to talk to me. But once, once we got talking, I think we both walked away. Like that was a really good connection point. Um, mm-hmm. We are by far the, the youngest people on our street. And so I've, I've told everyone, like, I go to the store once every week and a half or so, like, if you ever need anything or, like, I tell them that I, I really keep an eye on the street. I joke that I'm the neighborhood watch. <laughs> but, you know, I think it was, like, while they may have been reluctant to talk to me at first, I think everyone walked away, like, that was a good experience. Like, I'm, I now yeah. know a little bit more about what's going on in my neighborhood, so... Um, I think it's just, it's really great to connect with people to learn about them. Um, right. whether, whether it's someone that you're, you're, you'll know for a long time or someone like on an airplane that you will likely never see again. I mean, one of my best friends, she's getting married, um, in a couple of days and she met her future husband on an airplane. And actually, you know what? And another one of my friends met her husband waiting for an airplane on a, at a layover. They must just all be like you that love to talk to people so, at airports. Yeah, I guess that like they in um so you never know what can come of a conversation. Right. You you never know what kind of mutual connections you might make. You Yes. um it could help you understand why someone behaves the way they do or um thinks the way they do. Uh, yep. My my mother-in-law is absolutely fascinating. And you might not, you know, if you just met her at a party and, you know, had a few passing words, you'd just think, oh, she's just, you know, a regular person living a regular life. Um, but I've had some opportunities to really talk to her and ask her questions about what, what it was like growing up when she did. And, um, mm-hmm. And I think I I have told my husband things about his own mother. I'm like, did you know this about your mom? And he and I she's one of those people who if she if she wrote like a biography or an autobiography, um, it'd just be like really really fascinating. And it and it's great because I can understand why um, she might think certain things or sure the where she, places that she's. Um, traveled why you know like ask her different questions i don't know it's just a a really great way to to get away from ourselves like we we have this tendency to think like a lot revolves around us yes and that you know like because we think a certain way that's the the best way or the right way or the only way and um, you see it a lot with parenting like there are a lot Mm -hmm. of different ways to take care of your kids and there's there's a lot of really great ways to take care of your kids. There's not just one way. Um, right. And it like, it gets you away from thinking just about what's going on in your life and in your mind. Right. And right. Presents different perspectives. And yeah, I, I think know. that's the key. It gets us out of our own 
self. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did I did a quick search on you know connecting with strangers and the benefit of it, and and one of the things was I I, I saw a study where some women were that were suffering from MS um, were given some tools, some some coaching tools on how to engage in conversations with people who are struggling with whatever it might be. And these happen to be other women with MS. And the women that were manning the helpline calls were seven times happier than those that were speaking with them. And what they found was that in engaging with other people and helping people work through their problems makes us feel better we become the beneficiary or the recipient of of the blessing of engaging with somebody else and so it's not the person that was calling in that received the be- the greatest benefit it was the person that was listening to the calls mm-hmm. and talking with people so i think that's the key when when we strive to connect with other people we're connecting with human beings as as i said in my in my my post this week you know everybody is a blessing in some way and they may not even understand how they're a blessing. But when we can help them discover the fact that they're a blessing to us, that can change their life too. Mm-hmm. So we, we, it's just, this human, the human race was meant to be connected and, and we weren't meant to be in isolation. And I, I'm guessing the reason why, you know, your mother-in-law has amazing things to share um, I think your mom has cultivated a gift of engaging with people, but I think a lot of it is the fact that like your mom loves people mm-hmm. and she sees people for opportunity of positive things in their life. You know, um, my mom is incredible at having conversations with total strangers. <laughs> and, you know, when, the, when they, so she'll sit on her balcony of the apartment complex where they live and she'll watch the truck move in. The furniture's not unloaded and she's, you know, probably has a plate of cookies for somebody and is encouraging them and saying, welcome, nice neighbors, nice to see you, you know, and she, you know, then come Sunday dinner, she'll talk to us about the new neighbors. Mm -hmm. That's a gift, but it's a gift that all of us can learn if we'll just get out of our comfort zone and talk to people and ask people, don't talk about yourself, ask them about themselves and i know for me man it sure made what was really what was going to be a really rough day it was it's it's going to end up being one of the highlights you know of my life for a while because what could have been really bad ended up being really nice because of some amazing doctors and the fact that perhaps i out of just fear and wanting to distract my mind asked a question yeah because we never know the answer. And I think, I honestly believe that the answer to a lot of the problems our world is facing today is we just need to start connecting with people, valuing people, and we're going to find out that you know, we're really, really similar. But we've, you know, we have been taught stranger danger. You know, I was as a kid. But I also think the greater problem that we have is devices have consumed our attention. Mm-hmm. And it's taken it off people. Mm-hmm. Anything else you think we should add to this topic? Hmm. No, not not right now. I think it might I'd, come. I just you know encourage people to 
to try even just thinking about how you could connect with other people. Even even the people that like you work with that you have maybe like a a transactional relationship with, right? Like you email them and ask for a report and they send it back to you. Um, Just like learning more about the people you work with and connecting, like how was your weekend? I mean, little ways of connecting and and showing that you value people. And and like you said, I think- like you'll get a lot from it. We all get a lot from it. It's not just like free advice. It's, it's not even, it's not typically, it's not advice. Like that was one of the examples right. I gave, but it's just like an enriching experience. Exactly. And so if somebody says, what do you mean by that? Adding that. So the doctor talking to me about boats in the middle of the procedure, he was just showing his giftedness as a doctor. Having his brother come over and talk to me, that's the extra mile. That was the extra something that they put into the day. So the first would have been good. The second just made it, just took it over the top. Mm -hmm. And that's all we're asking. It's just being interested in other people and where they are and how can I I help them? And you're going to find out that it's going to make your life so much richer. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what we're talking about next week. And I certainly hope I don't need to go through the amount of pain <laughs> that I did this week to come up with it. Yeah, I hope so too. All right. Uh, any special plans? No, just spending some time outside. I've got some yard work to do. How about you? Super. Well, actually, my wife and I are going to take a couple days and just travel a couple places in New York State only so that we don't have to quarantine anywhere. Um, just try to get away the two of us and reconnect a bit. How's that? Looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds great. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Book.